This episode of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Are you looking for a solution to coat your most difficult products with no touch-up? Then Gama's dynamic contouring equipment is the right solution for you. Unlike robotic coating, dynamic contouring allows greater flexibility without all the programming hassle while correctly positioning each powder gun to automatically coat your parts. For more information, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Powder Coating fans, welcome to the Ask Joe Powder Podcast, episode number five. I am your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller, and with me is my esteemed colleague and all-round powder coating formulator dude, Nathan. Hi. Before we get started, I want to give a little shout out to our good friend, Rick DeVore, who is a pigment salesman extraordinaire, works for DCC Lansco. Hey, Rick, get well, be strong, hang in there, brother. All right, we have a special episode for you today. Take it away, Nate. Hey, everyone. Instead of doing our usual Joe Powder sort of thing where uh, we, we take your questions and we answer them on the podcast, going to flip it around this time and actually do the question asking ourselves because you call it Nathan powder asks powder people things about powder. <laughs> so anyway, I've got <laughs> Andy Walton here from Keyland Polymers and he's here to talk about UV curable powder coatings. And yeah, how about, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Andy? Who, who the heck are you? Sure thing. Sure thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm Andy Walton with, Keyland Polymer and DVUV. Uh, I've been with the company now for over 10 years and uh, working to promote UV curable powder coatings. Um, so we, we do a lot of work, and I'm sure we'll you know talk about it in more detail, but we do a lot of work on interesting substrates. We're not the average powder coating company, and uh, we're happy to be, to be talking with you. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks. So, yeah, I guess... For starters, what exactly, you know, what's UV curable powder coating? So UV curable powder coating cures with ultraviolet light energy instead of thermal heat energy. Uh, the cross-linking mechanism for the material is, is the light. And in order for it to properly cure with light, what we need to do is prepare it. So an easy way to think about it is there's a separation between the melt and flow stages of the powder coating and the curing stage. And what we do with UV is we very quickly melt and flow and then immediately expose to UV light for the cross-linking. That's really cool. Um, so, you know, what are the benefits of curing with UV instead of, uh, you know, the traditional way? Sure. Well, the, the, the first is that it's much faster. Um, you know, we shrink the, the time down dramatically. The process itself uh, can be quite quick in that we're only 
melting and flowing for one to three minutes and then instantly curing. So it's significantly faster. That's one. A second is we're operating at a much lower temperature uh, because there still is heat in that melt stage. Um, we need to get the powder from a powder to a to a, a molten state before it's ready to cross and cure. So there still is some heat, but it's dramatically lessens for a much shorter time. Uh, and then lastly is is the physical footprint of these UV systems. They tend to be much smaller. Um, you can, as a rule of thumb, you can imagine removing about 80% of your traditional cure oven and replacing it with some sort of UV chamber. So they're much, much more compact in their, in their physical footprint. Um, and all three of these things have some pretty interesting economics in terms of their ability to, to reduce costs. I mean, we see some pretty compelling cases where we're able to, um, really help, uh, businesses reduce their cost of coating. Right. Yeah. Instead of having to hold the part at a temperature for 10, 20, 45 minutes or whatever, you just smack it with some, some light and let it cure. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, you know, when we, when we start to talk to people about the technology, everybody's, we get everything from, can I just put it out in the sun to, uh, <laughs> you know, to, uh, to will my, the, the nail, uh, art curing, um, uh, lamps work. And, you know, we do need a, a pretty intense form of UV energy. The traditional has been microwave lamps, uh, microwave UV lamps. They put out a very broad spectrum, but the new LEDs are, are certainly starting to, uh, change that industry and become more powerful. So, well, yeah, and people are probably familiar with UV. Um, you know, like you said, the nail polish things, there's, you know, dental application, I guess they, they use UV for that. And then, you know, there's some like liquid types of things too, but it seems like, yeah, powder is a little bit more of a, uh, an oddball when it comes to curing like that. That's for sure. But um, so, yeah, how does it compare to, compare to a low temperature cure thermoset? You know, people are probably accustomed to, you know, you can go fairly low in temperature with some of the thermoset powder coatings that are out there. Yes. Yeah, uh, that it's it's really very true. Um, the in terms of their their temperature for the flow stage, UV powder still are are much lower. Um, we're looking at about. 245, 250F, uh, for anywhere from a minute to three minutes for that flow. So they, they are, they're very quick from the flow. Um, and then, and then the U, the UV cure obviously is, is almost instantaneous. The, uh, when you compare them on a, on a per pound basis for certainly from a cost perspective, the ultra low, the new ultra low bake powders, Mm-hmm. tend to uh, actually be a little bit more expensive than UV curable. So we're, we're in, a, in a place where, you know, we're not offering commodity type of powder coats, sure. um, but we're competing with these ultra low, and we see we're offering a pretty compelling case from a, from a price perspective. And in terms of performance, uh, they're, they're going to be very similar to the, to the low-bake powder coats. Okay. Uh, yeah, so what are some of the more common applications where – you would see, you know, recommend using UV cure powder. Yeah, we do a lot of the not traditional substrates. Um, we do a lot of work on plastics and composites. Uh, carbon fiber certainly is a big 
uh, a big one for us. We do a fair amount of work in the in the automotive and aerospace industry on on that material, um, as well as recreation. You know, a lot of sporting equipment is is carbon fiber and composite now. So we we do some work in that area also. Uh, plastic is again is a big one, and uh, you know our company really grew out of our our sister company called DBUV, where they specialize in powder coating MDF medium density fiberboard. Um, so there's a lot of applications for MDF engineered woods, mm-hmm. as well as some research and development we're doing on solid wood products. But in the MDF world, uh, we do a lot of cabinetry, healthcare components, ergonomic desking, and um, retail store fixtures is another big mm-hmm. big area where we work in in that industry. So in general, I would say it's materials that you couldn't traditionally powder coat right. uh, the the type of products like plastics and composites uh, as well as as well as woods. We we do do finishes for metal, uh, both ferrous and non-ferrous metals as well. But most of our work tends to be on on heat sensitive products. Well, I guess that's my next question. Is you're talking a lot about composites and uh, wood products and plastics and stuff like that. I know people that are accustomed to powder coatings. Know you know you take your metal part. You give it a good ground and you hit it with electrostatics and, you know, statically charged powder loves to find a ground. And um, so it's real pretty simple. Like, how do you go about coating carbon fiber? uh, Yeah, these wood products that you're talking about. Yeah. So oftentimes the um, with MDF wood, really, the the secret is, you know, we like to we like to joke and say, Magic and fairy dust, but that's not really true. Uh, the, it, 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 it's use of conductive primers for some of the really non-conductive, uh, products. And they can be embedded in, in certainly in the plastics, they can be embedded into the plastic themselves, but that tends to be quite expensive. So a lot of the work that we do, we will use a conductive primer as a, a pre-step. Now it's not needed for MDF because for MDF, We'll, we'll use that inherent moisture content in the board as a preheat step. But on plastics and some composites, we'll use them. Um, and they're essentially electrolyte and carbon solutions that are, they can either be uh, water-based, alcohol-based, or solvent-based. And we tend to shy away from the solvent-based products because we, we like to be a, you know, a, a greener technology. Right. Um, but they help to establish a ground on the part and, for some of some products, it lasts longer than others, um, but we see you know very good levels of adhesion um, after using them, and you know very consistent coverage from uh, from a powder perspective. So we see we see really good performance with them. Okay, so you basically just make the surface conductive, and then you can spray it just like you do with uh, you know with a traditional metallic substrate. Exactly, exactly. pretty cool stuff. Um, so would you say you're able to get the same finish as a thermoset? Like, you know, I'm thinking really clear, clear coats. Can you get super low gloss, special effects, all the same range of colors? Or is it, uh, would you say it's um, more limited than that sort of? It's, for the most part, we can achieve most of the standard type of powder coat finishes. There are some exceptions. Um, you know, if you're looking for a really chrome-like finish, that's not a UV powder. Uh, you know, we, we have some limitations, certainly in, in the amount of metallic we can add to the formulations. 
if we add too much, it tends to interfere with the UV light and it doesn't allow for, for really proper uh, curing and crosslinking. So we have to, we, we can make these finishes, but we have to look at them a little bit of a, from a different perspective. Um, the same thing goes with, with very matte and gloss finishes. Um, we have to add some, some matting agents because we can't go about it the traditional way, or excuse me, not the traditional way, but we can't go about it the same way that a thermally cured powder coat manufacturer does right. uh, by adding multiple re- or combining multiple resins. Yeah, you can't do so, differential cure when you're curing it in a second. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we need to we need to use uh, more different types of additives to get there. But for the most part, we can we can accommodate some you know pretty pretty distinctive finishes and um, don't have a uh, you know, real difficulty, but again, we're, we're not going to be that chrome like finish. Um, you know, that's not at this point, that's not a UV powder, but clears are certainly no problem. Um, so yeah. Gamer's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Cool. Uh, What about, like, interior, exterior grades? Like, are you able to, you know, get UV durability, I guess, with UV curable powder? Yes, uh, you can. So... But to take a step back, all of the commercially available UV solid resins are primarily designed for interior applications at this point. Um, so that's why actually last year in 2019, we started a company called uh, Keelan Polymer UV Resin Spain, where we're doing research and development and manufacturing of these UV cure solid resins because there's nobody out there that's pushing the envelope with them. So uh, we decided to do it. And <laughs> we have some uh, some pretty neat resins in development that, that uh, we hope, um, you know, certainly with, with everything that's going on in the world, you know, we can still hopefully have them available uh, Q1 of, of 2021. So uh, we're pretty optimistic about them. But um, they're uh, certainly specialty materials and, and hopefully with the advance in these resins, we can offer more durable exterior type of coatings. And yeah, that's almost seems like the next logical step. You guys, you know, manufacture the powder and you apply it. So why don't you, you know, make the resins too, and maybe, you know, install the fixtures when you're done with it. Just, (laughs) yeah. Like, I don't know what they call it. Cradle to grave or, you know, it's like the entire stack of the, um, the supply chain there. Yeah, we, we definitely believe in vertical integration. For a while, too, we we took on the task thinking that we could do systems integration. Yeah. 
but we don't do that anymore. We fooled ourselves with that one. So, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the resin manufacturing and development is something that we're pretty excited to do. And the team we have, um, in Spain, as well as the, you know, my associates that work in, in Cleveland working together, you know, we're, we're really making some great progress, um, on, on UV curable solid resins. And that's actually, I actually had a question lined up. I wanted to ask about raw materials. Like I know you're more of the, you know, business development side of things, maybe it's more of a technical question, but um, there's this analogy that Kevin always likes to use where he's talk talks about the formulating toolkit that we have. Like if we want to make a thermoset coating that's, you know, got any kind of properties, you figured, you know, the, the toolbox we have to use is like the NASCAR garage with the snap on, <laughs> you know, like wall to wall toolboxes and we can like pick and choose all these different materials. Um, if we want to make a UV curable powder, it's like, you know, it's like more like the stocking stuffer, like a, a hammer and a pair of pliers and like, <laughs> you know, that's the toolkit that we have to use. So, um, do you think that there's, um, yeah, like what's up with the lack of raw materials that are available? Do you think that, there's not enough um, powder producers that are asking for those sort of materials. Do you think that it would be more common to, um, you know, would we see more UV if the resin companies and the raw material people were, um, were pushing it more or. That's a, you know, it's a, it's a good question. Um, what we see from a resin manufacturing perspective is that the products that go into these resins are very readily available. Um, you know, the building blocks of the resin, that's very readily available commercial products. Um, it, the, the combining of them does take a little bit more time when we make a, a UV curable resin. It does take more time than making a thermally cured resin. Um, but from a, from a per pound perspective, though, too, it's still a very compelling case. The specialty additives for specialty coatings, mm -hmm. some of them don't work because we are not melting and flowing for a long enough time or a long enough or high enough temperature, excuse me. And those tend to be problematic if they won't function in our very tight flow window. So we need to make sure that there are specialty additives that will work within our parameters. And, you know, we were talking about a little bit before, there are some limitations that we have, certainly in terms of, you know, metallics and in terms of very matte, uh, very matte tech, uh, textures. But for the most part, the, the additives are out there. Um, and certainly from a resin perspective, it's, it's no different than making a, a thermal product. Yeah. And I just, Kind of on the flip side of that, my experience has been with UV Cure. Um, it seems like there's some, you know, some raw material companies out there that focus on liquid type formulations. And, you know, they've got a lot, like, huge catalog with a thousand different things that can be used in UV Curable liquid. And so, like, I've found, you know, I can look through that list and pick out, like, <laughs> you know, three or four things that I'm like, that's solid room temperature that melts in, you know, the same kind of, um, range that we use. So it's like, yeah, it's like kind of from both sides. Like, yeah, sometimes you can find, uh, materials that don't say 
use in powder coatings and, uh, <laughs> you know, find a way to incorporate it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys do a lot of like setting up the whole process and then doing the trials at a, you know, facilities, that sort of thing? Well, we stay pretty involved along the whole process. Babysit uh, as it gets, as it gets long. Yes, because, you know, and what I alluded to before in that one answer when we, when we thought we got into system integration, <laughs> how badly that failed us. Um, what we have found though is if we don't stay involved, the, you know, a lot of the integrators don't really know how to properly work with UV curable powder right. coatings and the systems don't really get set up in a way that do the best for the coating. So we, we like to stay involved. And oftentimes too, we're the first people that the customer contacts, you know, they contact us first and then start you know, branching out and talking to integrators and, and, you know, pretreatment folks and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we tend to hold their hand all the way through, which, you know, has worked quite well, but sometimes I, I am hopeful for the day where we can just, you know, just somebody orders powder and we send it not even asking, uh, what they're going to do with yeah, it. But we're not there yet. <laughs> like it has to be a custom, installation every time because it's going to be new to everyone that does it. You don't really have yeah, that normal UV customer that just is like, okay, I need to order a bunch of different UV stuff. So. Right. Right. I mean, we, we certainly have repeat. I mean, almost all of our business is repeat customers, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it, it's growing, but it's not there yet. So have you, have you guys been working with a good amount of UV? Not recently. Um, we've had a, yeah, it's, it's like, we'll have a really big, you know, one that we work on for, um, you know, a year and then it may or may not work out. And then we won't hear about UV for a little while. The last one, I don't know if we talked to you guys about it at all, but it was a real low temp. It was like a, foam core kind of building materials you've figured mm. like um baseboards trim parts that oh, sort of yeah. stuff yeah and that stuff was like you just touched it with the <laughs> with any kind of heat and it just you know deform and it's like yeah it's like trying to coat styrofoam so <laughs> it's like yeah if you're gonna do a powder coating on it then like yeah uv is the only way to do it but even then it was it was real tough to um, to get any kind of adhesion to it. Adhesion's always the biggest problem. I should have had a question in there because, man, that's the one, like, UV cure on weird substrates problem that that always rears its ugly head is... Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, it looks really nice and the gloss is right and the color's right, but it does not like to stick. Yeah, well, that's I, I, something I actually was supposed to talk about, too. We've been doing a lot of work with plasma. Yeah. And, you know, we see that certainly with very slippery material, it is amazing. Um, but sometimes it doesn't even last long enough for, you know, for coating. So we've been working a lot with that. Um, th- there's a, a project, a carbon fiber project that we're working on that we're using conductor primers and plasma. And it's like... Okay, this is a lot of steps to get to a UV powder. Yeah, but yeah. Are you, you can't coat it any other hey, way. Um, so it's we're uh, shrinking it's the footprint, and then we're expanding it. Again. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, that plasma stuff was so cool. Um, we did. Yeah, we 
had one of their units in the lab for a while. And oh, cool. Polyolefins. It's like, mm. it was like, hey, now we can get stuff to stick to it, which yes. you cannot get anything to stick to it normally. Terrible. Terrible, yeah. All right, so what sort of uh, barriers are there for a coder that might be interested in UV curing? Is it like, you know, Joe's job shop that uh, that does motorcycle wheels? Do you think that, you know, it's the sort of thing that people would want to look into? Like, maybe I should get a UV curing line. <clears throat> sure, yeah. That's a, that's a good question. Um, and one we often get. Because, you know, it's not our goal to convert a traditional thermal cure powder coat line to UV. Mm -hmm. What we're looking more to do is to take a a coat of product that you couldn't traditionally powder coat, bring all the advantages you have with powder coating, the ability to reclaim, the efficiency, um, and and bring that to to product that you couldn't traditionally powder coat, products that you would have to liquid coat. Um, That's where we see a real true advantage for for Mm -hmm. UV powders. The and it's it's not really our our business to to go in and, and change a custom coder because we don't really feel that it's a it's a effective proposition um, because it's a line of sight cure and I think that that's one thing that a lot of people understand there if the part geometry is such that light is going to cast a shadow on a part that area in shadow is not going to correctly cure right. And that can be problematic for a custom coder who is running a variety of different parts. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly setting up these lines takes time. And what we found to have more success is to have, you know, a relatively consistent part shape and size. It's not to say we can't cure complex parts. We, we were able to cure some very complex parts with either uh, rotating the part or mm-hmm. putting the lamp on a, on, on a UV arm. Um, so you can you can cure very complex parts with um, with UV powder, but it's n- the the scale of the projects tend to not be as great a fit for for that custom coder sort of job shop. So we work more with an, an OEM or a a coating company that might coat for one or two type of ven- um, vendors or customers. Sure, where like lots and lots of similar products. parts instead of yeah the like hey can you do my Valve covers and my, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, whatever, a couple other yeah. odds and ends. And, you know, we, I'm sure a lot of powder formulation folks get those, those questions because everybody loves powder coating. And I think in the, in certainly in the custom automotive market, there's, there's a lot of work being done and, um, it looks great. You know, I watch the TV shows where you, you know, you see it and, and it looks really cool. And, and people have an understanding of powder. And as soon as that light bulb goes off in their mind that, oh, wait, I have a plastic part. Maybe these guys can coat it. Yeah. Uh, so we get a lot of those inquiries. And unfortunately, we're not a fit for them at this point. Maybe maybe in the future, but not right now. But, I mean, I guess, so you guys are more interested in expanding the powder coating market. You know, coating things that are not traditionally powder coated as opposed to, yeah, replacing existing powder coating as much. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what we're looking to do. Um, and I guess on that same note, like, why do you think it hasn't grown like to be so much bigger of a portion of the market? I know that there have been kind of these these bursts of of innovation when when it comes to UV 
powder coating. So yeah, like in the nineties, they had the, the, um, electric motors. I think that was the first one. It was like the fully assembled, um, it was metal motors, but they didn't want to bake the crap out of it in an oven. So yeah. Why do you think it's just hasn't, um, taken hold quite as much as like we think it should. It's, it's been a consistent adoption of the technology. Um, I think that the, uh, it, it certainly hasn't grown at the rate that, you know, that we would like, uh, as UV powder manufacturers, but it is, it's consistently growing. Um, and we think a lot of the, the limitation comes back to really the resin level too. Um, because there, there isn't the ability to do some more robust resins. Um, so that's why the, the development of us for the resins is, is really a critical piece that hopefully we can offer a broader uh, portfolio of resins to, to meet more, more needs for the, for the powder coating market. Is that the plan then? You guys are going to have a whole line and of different resins and you're also going to um, make it available. Like it's not just going to be an in-house Keelan polymer resin, but like you're going to make it available to the market. Right. So for the, for the U S we're, we'll plan on, using these resins in Keelan polymer powders. Uh, and for the rest of the world, what we're looking to do is to position it so we're selling resins. And the, the portfolio right now, it's, it's polyester. Um, we're looking at some super durable polyesters and also some urethanes. Um, so the, the development of these materials will be, be pretty exciting for us. That's cool. And yeah, what other sort of advancements are there, you know, in UV cure? technology yeah so uh certainly the 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 big ones are the are the resins um there is a lot of advancement going on from uv led um and we see that as a as a great technology because you know previously what we were discussing is that the traditional way of curing a thick uv powder was to use a microwave UV lamp, which puts out a very broad spectrum of UV energy. The LEDs put out a very narrow spectrum, sometimes even just you know a single single wavelength. So it's it's a little bit of a a different approach. Um, but what we see from the LED manufacturers is that they are consistently getting more and more powerful, and we can effectively cure. At a targeted wavelength, UV curable powder coatings with UV LED. So we, we do see it, and we see that that's a great market because they're they're lower to there's a lower cost to operate them, um, and they can be instant on and off. So it's a pretty compelling case for the use of LED. I mean, you think about it in your house. I I replaced a ton of my light bulbs with, with LED, even though I still love condescent. Uh, but uh, but LED is really taking over. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And so it's just a matter of matching the right photo initiator with that single wavelength, right? Like those correct materials are all available. From what we see, yeah, we we don't have an issue with it. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, are you guys working on any cool new projects that you know you want to tell us about? Or we we see a, a lot of interest in certainly in carbon fiber and plastics. Um, we're you know, we can't talk about it, unfortunately, in, in too much detail, but certainly in the automotive and aerospace, there's there's a lot of interest 
in these lightweighting materials yeah. and durable finishes for them. Um, so we're, we're getting a lot of interest in, in those areas and, and we're ex- pretty excited to be working in them. They're very different than uh, markets that we used to, that we previously serve, but they're, they're exciting markets to be in. Unique finishes on, on unique substrates. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're trying to take all the weight out that they can make everything more efficient and yeah, powder coatings are, you know, so attractive because of the, you know, the, the environmental aspects, especially where it's, you know, you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, solvents and all that stuff involved. It seems like a perfect match. Exactly. So yeah, if people want to find out more about Keyland DVUV, like what, you know, where can we find you? Well, certainly the easiest way is, uh, through the website. So Keyland, uh, is keylandpolymer.com. And DBUV is dbuv.com. Um, Delta Victor Uniform Victor sometimes helps. It's a little bit of a, a tongue twister. A tongue twister, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, our, our YouTube uh, pages have some good videos, an overview of UV curable powder coatings. Okay. Uh, so those are those are some good areas to, to check us out. Okay, and then, you know, KeelanPolymerResins.com and Keelan's the uh, sawmill that makes mdf.com <laughs> i don't i don't know if we're going to get in the mdf business that's uh that's a difficult one uh that would be a difficult one to to a little bit capital intensive i would think but um yeah the the keelan polymer has a uh it breaks the the sites out for the powder okay. and, and the resin so, so that's, a, that's a good spot to, exactly yeah cool well that's all I have. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been fun. Well, with you, man. well, thank you again. I, uh, you know, I appreciate it. This is this is fun. Well, I guess I'll let you go. And Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Th- thank. Enjoy the rest of your your Friday, and thanks for. Yeah, it's Friday. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> all right. <laughs> have a good one. All right. You too. Take care. Awesome interview, dudes. Really learned a lot. Thanks for taking the time for doing this. And that's going to wrap up another episode of the Ask Joe Powder podcast. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions for future interview topics, you can let us know at askjoepowder.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at one four seven eight two ask joe That's one four seven eight two two seven five five six three. Good night, John Boy. Thank you for listening to the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gama. Whether you're the shop manager, system engineer, or powder coder, once you decide to make Gama an integral part of your shop, you'll understand how simple it is to be so productive. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. <laughs> Sorry, this guy's a...
<laughs> all over my face. This, yeah, this went uh, this went well. I, I hope. I hope there's not too many ums in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, 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 um